Hey there, welcome to the Snakebird Podcast. My name is Josh. And I'm Steve. Together we invite you to join us as we explore the mysteries of Scripture, the realm of God, and freedom through Christ. So spread out your wings and slither in place because this is Snakebird. Hey, Snakebirds, welcome to another episode of the Snakebird Podcast. We're closing out this 2020 Easter season focusing on Jesus and his finished work on the cross. In today's podcast, our goal is to discuss and reveal the meaning of Jesus' resurrection, why it has so much significance, what the ramifications would be if Jesus hadn't risen from the dead, essentially all things resurrection-related. Yeah, we have been focusing over the last several episodes of what Jesus did on this earth and what led to that famous miracle on the cross and what that means to us. But now we're going to kind of wrap the Easter aroma up by discussing what the most important thing that happened next was, and that is the resurrection. But if it'd be okay with you, Josh, I'd like to open up our discussion with a poem I found that fits just dandy with our conversation today. By all means. Okay, so this is a uh, poet from the 90s by the name of Joan Osborne. Uh, She writes, If God had a name, what would it be? And would you call it to his face if you were faced with him in all his glory? What would you ask him if you had just one question? What if God was one of us, just a slob like one of us, just a stranger on the bus trying to make his way home? And if you are a product of the 90s right now, you're probably humming, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. And I couldn't help but think of that old tune because there still seems to be a lot of people out there who haven't connected the dots that God did become one of us and he resurrected from the dead. And yeah, so I just, I couldn't help but but think of that old tune. I know that's off the beaten path. Well, yeah, I I don't (laughs) think it's very theologically sound, but it is an earworm because I mean, it gets stuck in your head. Hopefully the listener's not humming that the rest of this episode. Yeah, it's going to be in in my head for the rest of the day. So thank you. (laughs) Yeah, you're welcome. But yeah, no. So the resurrection of Jesus, that is what we're going to be heading into this episode. Yeah, and I wanted to mention right off the bat that when I think about the resurrection, I kind of geek out that Jesus is so awesome. I mean, I think about how he called his shot, right? Just like um, Babe Ruth pointing to the, you know, the back of the um, baseball diamond with his bat. Oh, yeah. I was thinking about Jesus in John 2. He goes, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. And of course, the Jews like looked at him and they said, it's taken 46 years to build this temple and you'll raise it up in three days. But of course, he was speaking of the temple of his body. And it says, therefore, when he had risen from the dead, his disciples remembered what he had said to them and they believed the scripture in which Jesus had said. And I was thinking there's another uh, historical figure who claimed that he was going to come back from the dead. It's never happened before, has it, Josh? Yeah, n- no. <laughs> the magician Houdini. And he ah. claimed on his 50th anniversary that he would come back from the dead. So on that date, a group of his followers gathered around his grave in San Francisco, waiting for him to return. They waited and waited and waited, and then they went home. Now, the funny thing was the date of his death was October 31st, 1926. Oh, that's weird. And so on October 31st, 1976, that would have been a pretty creepy night. Right. Halloween, waiting for dead Houdini to rise. Quite the trickster sounds. Yeah, yeah I think I think he was a troll before yeah. anybody even knew what trolls were. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, I don't know how long they waited that night, but... Yeah. He, I mean, it's one thing to claim you can rise from the dead. It's another thing to be able to back it up. 
Oh, yeah. No, that's so true. Because anyone could have made the claims that Jesus made, but coming back from the dead is what separates him from all the other claimed truths out there. Absolutely. Yeah. There, I mean, the resurrection means that Jesus was the Son of God, the giver of eternal life, the forgiver of sins, the great I am, the door to salvation. I mean, everything, the way, the truth, the life, all of these claims are instantly confirmed because Jesus backed it up with the most mind-blowing miracle yeah. that we could ever imagine. He conquered the grave, which most have heard you know, the story so often that it's, it's almost become a fairy tale of sorts amongst the world, you know. And conquering the grave is something that we humans love to ponder through movies and imagination, even as a certain professor Samuel Norman once said, as primitive beings like us, life seems to have only one single purpose, gaining time. To achieve that aim, the mass of cells that make up earthworms and human beings has only two solutions, to be immortal or to reproduce. While this episode is about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, even the skeptic should consider the reality of eternal life that is offered through Jesus. We're not talking about fairy tales here. We have gone over many confirmations for why we believe this book called the Bible can be trusted in other episodes, but Jesus actually rose from the grave. Conquering the grave is something I just, it's hard to wrap your mind around. It really is. Yeah. And okay, now that you mentioned that, I have six consequences if the resurrection proved to be a hoax. Oh, wow. Yeah. You want to hear them? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So this is, this is pretty severe because this was foundational for our belief. I mean, for our faith system, like if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then these six things would come to pass. And the first one would be the preaching of Christ would be senseless and meaningless. Mm. Why? What hope do we have in preaching who Jesus is if there is no hope of the resurrection? Yeah, that's so true. And then number two, faith in Jesus would be useless since he would still be dead. Yeah. So when he says, hey, I'm coming back, you know, I'm going to rise from the dead, destroy this temple, and in three days I'll come back, then you you don't have any of that. Yeah. Number three, all the witnesses and preachers of the resurrection would be liars. Yep. So anyone who attested that Jesus was coming back from the dead would then be found a liar. Uh, number four, no one would be redeemed from sin. That's <laughs> that's kind of one of the biggest ones right there. No because kidding. we'd be dead in our trespasses. Yeah. No resurrection power. Number five, all former believers would have died as fools. Yeah. So everyone looking ahead to the coming promise of a Savior who was going to raise from the dead would have just been looked on as an idiot. And then number six, Christians would be the most pitiable people in the world. Mm -hmm. And Paul says that in 1 Corinthians 15, he says, if there is no resurrection from the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. Yes, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he did not raise up, if in fact the dead do not rise. And so, I mean, it's, it's pretty wild that he talks about this, but then he goes on to say, but now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Oh yeah. No, that's, that's great that you bring up first Corinthians 15. Cause that, 
if if anyone out there has kind of like an analytical mind or you want to look into into the resurrection, First Corinthians fifteen is a great chapter. You read the whole thing because it's basically broken up into three parts: the fact of Christ's resurrection, the order of the resurrection, and the mystery of the resurrection. And I mean, you said it. If this is all not happened, we're I mean, we're to be pitied. Yeah, this is not. I mean, we're 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 wasting our time. It's all in vain. But the fantastic thing is we are not wasting our time because the Bible tells us multiple times that Jesus did rise from the dead. I think of the the amazing I am statement that Jesus gave in John chapter 11 and the story revolving around Mary and Martha and Lazarus. Do you have that story? Do you want to tell that one? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's a fascinating story with Lazarus. Um, because Jesus is, he was almost secretly disclosing information in regards to the whole concept of what the resurrection is, it seems. But, um, yeah, the story is sets up, we see Mary and Martha send word to Jesus that Lazarus, their brother is gravely sick. And the thing is, Jesus had just left that region where Lazarus was because the Jews tried to kill him after Jesus admitted he was the Messiah, which there's so many things wrong with that scene. But um, yeah, Jesus decides to go back to the place where he just stirred the waters. His disciples were trying to second guess him on it. Yeah, some of them were like, why are we going right back there? And then I love that Thomas, the twin, actually said, well, all right. We're going to go back with him and we'll die. <laughs> Which <laughs> um, It's funny to think about. He's like, we will die. <laughs> we will die. Yeah. And we'll do it with him. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, that's cool. That's great faith, but it's also like uh, pessimistic much. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a really interesting tidbit on Thomas the Twin. I read this this week. Um, some commentators or scholars believe that Thomas the Twin is actually called like that because a lot of times he could actually be a dead ringer for Jesus. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I had never heard that before. I hadn't either. That's really so, interesting. I thought that was pretty cool. But maybe he was the one that thought, like, of course we'll go back and die because everybody's going to think I'm you and they're going to come. Yeah. The, the rocks are going to be coming my way. <laughs> they were going to think it was Jesus until they saw Eeyore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're just going to go and die with yeah. Jesus. It's Jesus. Oh, no. His face is like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> He's too upset to be Jesus. That's right. All right. Uh, I don't know where I was going with that. But um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting that um, they're trying to tell Jesus, no, don't go back, you're, you're going to die. And then, uh, I guess if you are, we'll die too. But Jesus says this to him in John eleven eleven. He says, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go so that I may awaken him out of sleep. Now, when Jesus said this, the disciples thought Jesus was talking about literal sleep. But what Jesus was talking about is what we humans call death. And it's really fascinating to see that throughout Scripture. Um, Jesus then follows that thought process with this little gem as he responds to Martha. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. And then he asks her, do you believe this? Mm. And I think that's just an incredible scene to imagine as Jesus, he, he shows up. Her brother's been dead for what, four days? Yeah. And then Jesus looks at her and he says this. He says, I am the resurrection. Well, and I love that they both have like a really theological discussion. Yeah. Because she and Mary both say the same thing. And she says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Mm -hmm. And 
and Mary says that, and then Jesus comforts her. And of course he, he sees how people are and he weeps because he's so angry at the thought of creation, um, basically being broken to the point where death is present because of the sin that's in us. Yeah. And then when Martha says it, he goes, but don't you know, he's going to raise again. And she goes, Jesus, I know that we will all raise on that day. Yeah. And he goes, but no, you're not getting it. The the creator of the world is standing in front of you. Yeah. And so anyway, no, you- that's, that's fascinating. Cause the people were in that scene, were trying to juggle like spiritual and physical realities. Mm-hmm. And Jesus basically says, while he can raise the physically dead, the bigger miracle is the literal life you will be raised in after you vacate the shell. Yeah. And that that's even more of reality than what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. It's so quantum, you know. <laughs> I love it. But yeah. yeah, Jesus, he's right there. Like you said, the creator of the universe standing. He says, "I am the resurrection." I mean, that's a mic drop moment. It is. And so in in a world where we see so much emphasis on living longer, I mean, we even see it through fitness, medical advances, or even genetic manipulation. It's all a vain pursuit because what matters is our preparation for the eternal. Mm. And obviously that's hard for us to, because we live in the here and now. But I love this scene with Lazarus because Jesus, I mean, he really just says it in a, like we said, a, a mic drop moment. Not to derail us too much, but when you started talking about people trying to increase their longevity through health or through science, I couldn't help but think of the people that right now are actually cryogenically freezing themselves because they think that in the future they'll be access to downloading ourselves, our consciousness into computers or having health advancements so great that maybe they won't be uh, dying in the future. That's, that's amazing as well. It's yeah, no, you're absolutely right. There's people right now as we speak that are frozen awaiting such things. The fame, most famous one being Walt Disney. Yeah. uh, And uh, Han Solo. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You've, you've run for the last time. So I don't, I don't have the quote there, even though I'm a Star Wars geek. It's not just Hollywood, you know, and it's funny because the professor Samuel Norman that I actually quoted earlier is not a real professor. That's from a movie. And it's that whole idea of gaining life. That was supposed to be a joke for anybody that caught it, but... Wow, well, you duped me because I thought it was a real quote, and I was like, where did he pull that from? Yeah, and just in case we have any fact checkers out there, <laughs> yeah. I, I should mention that. Uh, hoax movie quote. Okay. Um, all right, well, so I, I totally took us in that direction. Why don't we finish the story about Lazarus? Because Jesus just dropped the mic. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. And then just to finish the story, he comes and, you know, people are crying and everybody's sad. And Lazarus has been in the tomb already. They say he's smelly. What does he do? Jesus tells him to come forth. Yeah. And you see this once mummy walk out of this tomb yeah and he's looking at everything and there's no question over whether the dude was dead or not it's not a coma he smelled yeah if you've ever i'm a hunter and i I know what a a a decaying body smells like there's no questioning whether something's dead yeah yeah well i'm sorry if that was bad imagery for anyone but no but seriously a dead guy walks out of the tomb and and it's just awesome because Jesus he's he's showing his power in the here and now yeah. and he dropped the statement about the the to come right so yeah. i just love it it's a great scene yeah and i just love how it sets up the resurrection that he's actually giving that preview of saying i am the resurrection and then 
check this out. Yeah. I mean, and what he's telling him to check out is the lesser of the miracles to come. Mm-hmm. And that's what's the awesome thing in hindsight now. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's so cool because even even Martha was was saying, you know, I know he's going to raise in the last day, but I want him now. And Jesus is like, I can do both. Yes. And I will. Exactly. And yeah. it doesn't have to be a theological discussion. It can actually be Jesus moving and working in the moment. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Fantastic and fascinating story with Lazarus in um, relation to the resurrection because there's just so much to take away. And Jesus showing his power. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's the whole reason he went is to show his power. Exactly. So, okay. You know, we're we're coming to this topic and we've already kind of jumped in uh headfirst into this. And I would say that if you were to ask me what is the meaning of the resurrection, another thing that I would say about it is hope. Yeah. Is hope that we're going to be raised like Jesus. And I love the fact that through his resurrection that he shows that he's our champion, he's our forerunner, and that if he can rise from the dead, it shows that we'll be raised. Yeah. That he has resurrection power that he can he not only can he say it, but he can follow through on it. And then his new body is what we call our prototype. And I've heard it said that the things that he does post-resurrection are actually examples of things that we'll be able to do uh, once we have our resurrected body. And the basis that I have for this is in 1 Corinthians, where it talks about that we're a seed right now, we're a seed. And then when it gets planted, it actually becomes that plant. And, you know, one of the pastors I was listening to talks about how some seeds are just ugly brown seeds. And then it goes into the ground. And next thing you know, it becomes this beautiful plant. And I can't help but think of like the things that Jesus did, like uh, walk through walls. I think of when the disciples were in the upper room and he just showed up. Or even um, some were talking about flying and, you know, <laughs> you know, the, the ascension where Jesus ascends to heaven. All of a sudden, the next thing you know, he's just lifted off the earth. And one of the pastors I read who's more into science, he was talking about how our bodies are, built, are made of hydrogen and made of um, oxygen and, and the, the mix that we have to have. And then he was talking about how in our spiritual body, that's, there's a great possibility that we won't need any of those things anymore. Because we were sown in corruption, but raised in incorruption. Yeah, it's it's really fascinating to even, you know, just kind of brainstorm in a fun way even on what it's going to be like after we're resurrected. Yeah. While it's impossible for anyone to box it because we just haven't been there yet, it's really awesome to know that we are going to be a part of that. Yeah, that Adam was the natural body. And then Jesus is called in 1 Corinthians, the last Adam, Mm -hmm. with his spiritual body. Yeah. And it's showing us that preview of what's to come. Yeah. It's so awesome to think about. Yeah. And there's a lot of verses that support um, not only just our resurrection, but the resurrection through Jesus Christ. And 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4 say, Blessed be the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And then 2 Corinthians 4 says, Knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and present us with you, speaking to the audience there in Corinth. Yeah, there are so many verses that that point to this amazing um, fact that if you are in Christ, you're going to get raised with him on the last day and go to eternity with him. And I mean, talk about something to look forward to. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, one thing that that I think about 
in in this regard is have you ever been like a week out from vacation and the things at work that usually bother you just kind of roll off mm. because you know what's coming up. Uh, some of my redneck friends would say duck feather, you know, <laughs> just the water droplet falls yeah. right off to the side yeah. because because you know what's coming. And I wish that we as Christians could really grasp what it is that we're coming up to and take refuge in that peace, knowing that God is literally around the corner mm. and that we will will experience all that through the resurrection. Yes. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, well, you just made me think of a verse in Romans 8.18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Oh, yeah. And when you focus on the temporal and not the eternal, situations here seem much worse than they are. Yeah. But when you look at it for what's to come, this is this is the shadow. Mm-hmm. This is just the the preview versus that's the real thing. Yeah. And what what Jesus did by paving the way in into resurrection and, and everything that he did is we can know that his promises are trustworthy. Yes. And I mean, what are those promises? Well, one, if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, Jesus is Lord, we'll be saved. Mm. And if you are saved, then I would encourage you to get baptized as a Christian, which is a landmark in your life representing rising with Christ. You know, the old dying and being raised with Christ. And knowing all of this, take advantage of the peace that surpasses all understanding. Because, believer, you are only a short time away from the most important and permanent vacation you will ever go on. Yeah. So it's so, so much to look forward to. Yes. I mean, if you think about it, what has he promised us? You know, I go back to that verse where Jesus says, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am there, you may be also. Yeah. And we can stand on that promise. We can, because that's the assurance that he gives us. Yeah. And I've heard it said before, what what do you do with these promises of God? Do you write them in a book and mm. quote them every now and then? Or do you live by them? Yeah. Because if you're not living by them, you're not experiencing God to his fullness here on this earth. Yeah. And so it's the, the resurrection means that we can live by, stand on these promises. Mm. And um, they're more real than the reality we call reality. Yes. Yeah, Proverbs says, write them on the tablets of your heart, mm. which means commit them to like that spiritual memory to where you can't lose them no matter what people do. So true. We, we can stand on these, write them on your heart. Yes. Well, I mean, okay, so even when you talk about the resurrection, you think about like what Romans 6 has to say. It says, for if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin may be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also, that's all of us, reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Mm. That says it. So in the light of that, I, you know, I just talked about dying to sin and being crucified with Christ. I want to mention this one last thing, is that when we talk about resurrection... Did you know that the Bible talks about two different types of resurrection? 
because we always mention this, but it's something I felt like we needed to mention, especially in this episode, is that we're all going to have eternal life. Everyone on earth is going to have eternal life no matter what. That's right. Paul, when he was testifying before Felix in Acts chapter 14, he says, I have hope in God, which they themselves also accept, that there will be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and of the unjust. And then Jesus in John chapter 5, verses 28 and 29 said, Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth, those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. And we know when we talk about doing good, we haven't done any good. Jesus paid it all, and we have to just receive his goodness as our payment for sin. Yeah. But the concept of the resurrection is very paradoxical. In order to live, you must die. And oh, yeah, for it, sure. Yeah, and it doesn't make a lot of sense. It's the whole being born again. Yes. Um, I think of John 3, 3. And Jesus says, Truly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Right. And there's a very Christianese word called progressive sanctification. And all that basically means is becoming more like Christ. Mm-hmm. But to get the ball rolling, you've got to get born again. You have to be. It's you essential. Yeah. And, and from that point, you start becoming like Christ. Yeah. And so, yeah, that, that is such a great thing to bring up, Josh, because being born again, that, I mean, that's where it starts. Well, and there's the saying that we've, we said it on the show one time before, and it's a little bit confusing, so you have to listen to it very clearly. If you have been born only once, you will have to die twice. But if you have been born twice, you will have to die only once. Oh. And that is being born again. That's an essential In order to experience the resurrection of the dead, you have to be born again into Jesus Christ. To me, the meaning of the resurrection is new life. It is the victory where Jesus showed that he had power over death and Hades. It is the hope that believers can hold on to knowing that life is temporal and shadow, but what is to come is eternal and true. Jesus' resurrected form was the ultimate reveal of God's original plan, the new body, the one that could be in God's presence. No pain, no sorrow, no bondage of sin and death, but it comes down to a choice. Receive the free gift of eternal life through Christ's sacrifice on the cross or reject him altogether and receive the resurrection of condemnation. Mm. That's all we can do. That's, yeah. that's our choice. And that's the meaning of the resurrection. Hope, mm-hmm. assurance, proof of God's power. Yeah. The, it's the difference between falling asleep and dying. Yeah. So... It's something to look forward to, Christian. Yeah, because we have those that have passed on. My dad has passed on, but I don't see him as dead. I see him as asleep. And even then, I see him as in the presence of the Lord already. Oh, yeah. And you've got very real reasons for believing that. Yeah. Yeah, and we didn't even go into chapters like 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 or even to the part of like, you know, we will not all sleep, but in the moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. Oh, yeah. There's so many verses we could have gone to. And if there's something that you wish we had gone into deeper, we really hope that you reach out to us because there's so much we could have talked about here. But it's just so important to look. Uh, And we tried to skim it as broadly as we could, but 
the resurrection is so deep and so important. And it, it is. It's so foundational to our faith. And we want to make sure that we have a good, broad understanding of why it's important and what it means for us. A to the misery end. That's right. <laughs> so in the light of that, um, if you have comments or if you have questions, then please reach out to us. Uh, you can reach us through our Facebook page which is Snakebird Podcast, and you can send us a direct message. We'd, we'd appreciate that. Or you can either, or you can even email us at connect at beasnakebird.com. We respond to every email that we get. And any questions that you might have, we want to talk to you about it. This is a discussion, not just a monologue. Yeah, absolutely. Whether it be something that you need advice on or want us to touch on in another episode, whatever it may be, reach out to us. And if this podcast is helping you and you're growing and you're enjoying it, we would ask that you share us, whether it be, um, we've said before, any social media platform, Carrier Pigeon, it doesn't matter. Just share us. And also another really big way that y'all can help us out is to give us a good rating um, or review because that helps out on the algorithms to send us out to more people. Yeah. To sound as basic as we can, share, review, and subscribe. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's... <laughs> sorry. That's going to be the best way to help us out and really to let your family know and friends know that, hey, there's these guys out there and they're not scholars. <laughs> and yeah, one absolutely. of them sings country a lot, but no. <laughs> no, but it is as fun as we have. This is... Um, it's so important to us and we know uh, all believers out there that the gospel spread and that we grow and iron sharpens iron. That whole... The whole thing. So we want this, as Josh has said so many times, to be a community. Yes. And as you send in your feedback, also let us know some of the topics you might want to hear about because mm-hmm. we want to talk about those things. Absolutely. And so that'd be excelente. So Snakebirds, always remember whatever you do, wherever you go, no matter what life throws at you, there's never been a better time to follow the words of Jesus and be a snakebird. song just popped in my head baby write this down <laughs> <laughs> i was not I'm going sorry. with you on that <laughs> my bad okay but yeah leave it to me to turn a, a good moment <laughs> comical <laughs>